Welcome to the Archie Sonic Digest. So, look, I'm going to be a little upfront with you guys. We talked about it in the last episode. I know it. I know you were expecting Worlds Unite. I kind of was too, but we have to do our housekeeping here and do everything together in the proper order. So, look, uh, Sonic Boom, right? It's sort of the uh, uh, forgotten piece of the Sonic franchise for good reason but the reason why we're stopping here to talk about it is because that sticks is a very focal character in worlds unite so didn't really want to just leave you guys alone out here with this context and look the whole point of the podcast is that we're doing all the sonic the hedgehog archie comics sonic boom had an archie comic so i was like you know what we're gonna be completionists out here let's let's do that these comics aren't that bad i guess you know they're funny i i suppose but look we're we're gonna do things a little differently here the Sonic Boom comics are a little, as the kids say, uh, mid, right? Uh, as you could tell by my uh, clearly interested and uh, totally awake uh, face uh, from just a minute or two ago. Yeah, uh, the, these comics are just kind of here. And I guess that's kind of the, it's kind of the summary of Sonic Boom as a whole. So I feel like... Before we talk about the comics, we kind of have to pseudo-review Sonic Boom and talk about Sonic Boom as a whole. Yeah, so let, let's start here. Sonic Boom as a concept was introduced, I think, in like 2013-ish, 2014, by a video game called Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric and a companion game on the 3DS called uh, Shattered Crystal. The development of this game was extremely interesting from like the rose-colored glasses hindsight is 2020 so it was developed by a company called big red button it consists of former people from naughty dog heavy iron luxo flow and high impact sonic boom was introduced as a multimedia franchise uh to sort of kind of get a new generation into the character while the games had done a lot of good for a long time and around this point sonic was actually in a pretty reasonable and respectable place in most people's eyes despite sonic 4 not really being what people wanted uh sonic generations that came out in 2011 and that game is great so people were generally pretty content but sega felt that there was a need for something more a new way to get people in enter sonic boom so we have the tv show which you know we'll be talking about later but we're going to focus on the games first so when Sonic Boom was pitched, uh, we had the TV show and then two games. Rise of Lyric for the Wii U, which is developed by Big Red Button Entertainment, which actually got people a little curious about who they were. But when they found out who was actually behind the studio, composing of former people from Naughty Dog, a.k.a. The Jack Team, The Uncharted Team, and The Last of Us well, The Last of Us, had, I, I'm pretty sure, just released at this point when, when it was announced. But Probably. Yeah, somewhere around that time. Um, it also had people from Heavy Iron Games, most well-known for making SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, great 3D platformer. 
Uh, Luxo Flux, which I've never personally heard of, and High Impact Games, who I know have done a lot of licensed game work. It was an outside company, not Sonic Team making this game, which was very weird. It was surreal. People kind of had decent expectations for it. It seemed like it would be an all right game just based off of the pedigree of the people working there. It was, in fact, not an all right game. It was a very bog standard boring as shit kids platformer when it came out that naughty dog specifically devs were working on the game people were expecting more like a character platformer kind of thing going on and it is that it's just like it was like not good it was released buggy as oh god uh the most infamous was the uh the infinite knuckles jump glitch if you remember Ah, uh, yes. I remember seeing that and losing my mind. Uh, the way Knuckles jumped was uh, very funny. You could you could skip a large portion of the game. Yeah, it, it was the, uh, it was the, for speedrunning tactics right then. Yes. Even to this day, speedrunners, like, will not use the patched version of the game because it obviously fixed that, but, hey. Aside from that, uh, I think it's also important to note that when this game came out, it was being hailed as another Sonic 06. The amount of glitches and bugs and just another stain on Sonic's reputation, uh, if, if, as people like to put it. To most in the fandom, most people just agree it was a shitty licensed title, because in all honesty, that's kind of what it is. It had appearances from Metal Sonic and Shadow, who just shows up and fights Sonic for no reason. It's very weird and jank uh yeah um I, I i guess we should also talk about the character designs the sonic characters that we know of were redesigned and also their characters were like kind of tweaked as well most notably is that all the characters had like i guess sports tape wrapped around like their legs and their arms which were like they were funny let's be honest they were funny to look at that's just only one bit so sonic didn't really change all that much besides the sports safe, but he also got a bandana around his neck, which, not gonna lie, I'm, I don't hate that. I kind of like that, personally. It does make him look a little slick. People have said that Sonic looks a bit like Nathan Drake with that, and honestly, I feel like it was intentional to kind of give him the adventurous flair, but I, I don't mind the, the scarf, actually. Um, yeah. the his his spines did receive a a light redesign with the uh the uh the nature of the uh the character because they went for a more i guess realistic looking hedgehog i don't know it was, it was a bit weird a bit more wild tails is mostly the same uh gaining a pair of inventor goggles and a uh inventor knapsack on his side it, it's actually not a bad look for tails i i actually have come to like it yeah i think if it suits him very very well and i i do like it amy got a bit of a uh just an upgraded design i would say not a redesign uh she looks basically the same just a more detailed uh like dress for combat and uh you know some some more unique shoes and then uh <laughs> <laughs> all right okay uh, it's time, yeah, okay okay all right so knuckles uh he forgot to go do leg day <laughs> my man shaped like a dorito bro it's fucked up <laughs> they did him dirty <laughs> yeah i uh I'm I'm really not a fan of this Knuckles design, and I'm not a fan of the Knuckles personality. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Overall, like 
the main four were not radically redesigned, but the inhabitants of the world function more like typical sitcom uh, secondary characters. So th they all have very general, not very interesting designs and whatnot. You know, they're not they're not super out. But yes, we also have to talk about the new character made for Sonic Boom sticks all right um I'm just gonna put it like this like imagine if alex jones was in the sonic world there you go kid friendly alex jones uh crazy conspiracy theory uh maniac uh St i i i don't think sticks is horrible but she's not great yeah yeah i mean it's very weird to have like a kind of comic relief character in a series that's already comedic like you're just doubling down on something that kind of doesn't need to be there and as far as like her character goes like it is said i think in the comic and also in the tv show that she is actually like a feral child so her being like not understanding of how society works does make sense when you know that but despite that She's just sort of like, like, what's going on here? Like, she's a competent fighter. Like, she is a good member of the team. I don't think she's completely, like, unnecessary. But, like, it's just, like, it's a little too much, her character is. Yeah. Kind of talking about personality. This is something that we've discussed the sort of flanderization of Sonic and the character's traits and personalities over time. Since Boom was doing its own thing, they sought to fundamentally rewrite the cast. In the case of Sonic, not much changed, except that the ego was now sky high to 11. There is no sentimentality, no compassion, just big awesome hero guy, which lame. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's not much complexity here. Tails also was not changed, not that much, although they did they did kind of just make him Jimmy Neutron ultimately. I I don't I don't like I don't like thinking about that. Oh god. Uh, um Knuckles is the worst offense. Yeah. So Knuckles was turned into a meathead. And that isn't indicative of the character at all. Uh, in, in a lot of ways that are not good. He also has this knack of randomly saying brilliant things or being very on the nose or breaking the fourth wall. And funny. it's like, funny, funny, haha, you laughed. Sonic did what? I no mean, way. it's it's. Yeah, wow. uh, I mean, it's the it's the fucking knuckles. Your uh, God, I I I don't even want to talk about that moment in the show. It's so cringe. The the knuckles your meme is approved section uh, meme. It's, it's fucking look horrible. It was funny back then. Not much now. Put it like that. Yeah, and that's that's sort of. Uh, Amy, I mean, th th there was uh, okay. They did fundamentally change her personality from being like, you know, like in love with Sonic to just being, you know, independent woman, which like, you know, I'm always a fan of independent women in, in any media, but I feel like you kind of removed a core part of Amy's character, which was that she really cares about Sonic and like... Even in the more recent Archie, uh, in the more recent IDW comics, they've kept that, but also made her more independent. Granted, this is actually something that has kind of carried into the main series, even though Archie Sonic did it first. <laughs> Lastly, um, I think it's important to talk about Dr. Eggman. 
So Eggman was obviously turned into a much more comedic, funny villain uh, in this, you know, series. Uh, and his redesign actually goes hard. I love the look that they went with, which is essentially this uh, Red Baron look. It looks great. He looks awesome in it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, his design kind of evokes, and his personality too, evokes how he was in AOSTH, which, considering the context of the series and the world, suits him really well. I'm not going to lie. Mike Pollock really kills this version of Eggman. He kills Eggman all the time, but this one especially. Yeah, the, Eggman really is one of the uh, the few good upsides of this series. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, it's... It's Eggman. No matter what game, what media he's in, you get to see all different sides of him, and he, he's always great. And, and that can be attributed to Mike, who, who has been doing such an excellent job since uh, Dean Bristow uh, left the role and you know eventually passed. I think that it's really interesting that Eggman has remained so consistent. Even in this version, where he's not really much of a villain, he's just a, a, a comedic fuck around, right? Like, like everyone knows that, right? It's, <laughs> it's just... It's just funny, you know, he, he's just funny, he actually gets good lines, the, the jokes he makes feel very in character for him, uh, it's good, it's a good interpretation of the character. So, Shattered Crystal is a companion game, uh, it's a 3DS game, it's actually fine, um, it's basically a Metroidvania, believe it or not. Not a great Metroidvania, but a Metroidvania. Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, uh, which is the sequel game, is... A little not better. Not bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's not bad. And it's actually canon to the TV show. It is. It's a solid little follow-up. Uh, it's kind of got its own thing going on, developed by Senzaru. Solid game. Uh, not horrible. Um, but, you know, it, it was the only other game that came out of uh, Sonic Boom. And, uh, you know, for the most part, that's kind of it. Eh? Yeah. yeah, it was okay. So, the TV show... The, that was the That was the big thing about Sonic Boom was the TV show. So, can you talk about aging poorly? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like it's important to note that um, when we talk about all this stuff, we don't mean any real ill will towards the people that worked on it. The writers are active on Twitter, and they talk about their work with Sonic a lot. And it's done in a way that I don't like at all. They are very arrogant about the fact that they made Sonic good and they fixed him and they did all this stuff that, you know, they fixed the character. A and it just, it reeks of of arrogance and, and exhaustiveness. It's, it's really not... See, the only reason why they feel like that is because Sonic Boom was, or the TV show of Sonic Boom was the only good thing about it, at least at the time, because uh, let, let's count the ways, folks. Rise of Lyric was not received well. Uh, Shared Crystal was a little bit better, but not by much. So by the time the TV show, which was, like I said, the main piece of this uh, multimedia project, it came out, the first couple episodes dropped. Yeah, it's it's basically classic SpongeBob. You're a fan of the first three seasons of SpongeBob, you'll like what this is. So it's because it was a little bit more positively received, the writers do have that air about them. Now, with that being said, though, I will give them credit this. They genuinely are Sonic fans. Like, none of this had to do with, like, they're, like, outsiders who came in and, like, saw that they're fixing a mess and it's because of them we're so great and all that. No, like, they do care about the franchise and they really did try to do respect as much as they could. The thing is, is that at the time, yeah, sure, like, it was a decent piece of media, but now we look back on it, it's just like, eh, hmm. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it definitely feels like there's this. Uh, there's an arrogance about them, and it, it's tiresome in a way that that can only be described as the. It's the same tenet as the Sonic bad argument. You know, it's the same sort of thing. You know, Sonic's good if he just acts like Mario should. You know, just consistent quality, and it's like that. That's the most dumb statement I've ever heard. Please shut the fuck up. Yeah, I I, I I don't know. It's it's very exhaustive. Like, granted, there are some okay episodes of Sonic Boom. I'm not gonna ever ever deny that, right? There are okay episodes of that, but then there are also episodes that are just like, why, why? I mean, the the Shadow episode in particular is oh god, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, it's not like it damaged the brand in any way. Like the <laughs> Although I will say this, I remember when Sonic Boom was like first introduced, Sega was trying to sell it as like a kind of reboot to the franchise, implying that this was going to be the way forward for the franchise. But then like after it kind of crashed and burned, they doubled back and were like, oh no, this is just going to be like a side project that we do. The main Sonic that you know and love is still here and all that. And then I think later on that year, or maybe in 2014, uh, Lost World came out, which is... Uh, yeah. 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 Again, this was a very, very rough time to be a Sonic fan, folks. I I would argue that, you know, people talk about the first Dark Age. Uh, I, I would argue that uh, we, we didn't have a Dark Age. We just had a mid-age. <laughs> hey, you Everything know what? was just coming out was mid. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Shadow the Hedgehog, even Sonic 06, Sonic Heroes, they tried. You know, they, they did try. Even with the storytelling, yeah, it was a little grim, dark, yeah, it was a silly, maybe a little edgy, but you know what? They tried. They really tried, and I give them credit for that much. Colors and Generations. Colors, I, I forgive for, for its writing because it was clearly, you know, like supposed to be a more lighthearted story, which for, for record, I think that was kind of okay for the time. And Generations was an anniversary game. While I would have liked more plot in Generations and some interesting ideas with the Time Eater, it felt like it was more just there for the sake of being there. That was okay. But then everything after, uh... <laughs> it sure smells like ash out here, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it, 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 it sure smells like ash. So, I... Unless you have any more to add, I think we've kind of wrapped up our general thoughts on Sonic Boom as a whole. I mean, I'll be honest, the one thing, the one last thing I want to add is that there is one thing about Sonic Boom that always, like, I don't want to say irked me, but about the TV show as well. I always had this idea for an episode that, like, this is going to sound really fucking stupid, but hear me out. So, So it was an episode where, like, Silver would have appeared, but it's not, like, a boom version of Silver. It would have been Silver from the games who just took, like, a wrong turn and just landed in the Sonic Boom TV show. And so it's a whole situation where they're trying to help him figure out back home. What did I, like, remember? There was, like, some kind of caveat where, like, the longer Silver was, like, in the world, the more he was, like, slowly being flanderized and just kind of becoming, like, a little more dumber and naive as time goes on. So he's, like, kind of freaking out a little bit, and they're trying to, like, figure something out to get him back home and i think they just like i don't know raid eggman's lair and like throw him into a machine or something and call it a day i don't know just the fact that they did, had that opportunity and never took it kind of was just like come on man that's that's unironically a great satire self self comedy about, about about the series in question <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i you know i i would have i would have watched that episode yeah 
all right, now that that's over with. So yeah, um, we have nine comics to get through, but we're, we don't really have a lot to say. These are just kind of whatever. Yeah, they are kind of whatever. So like the way I'm going to talk about them, it's going to sound like I'm going to be rushing through them. And honestly, I kind of am. But truth be told, there's not that much to talk about beyond like, oh, this is good. Or, eh, that was all right. Or stuff like that. So please forgive me. Let's just, uh, let's get the ball rolling here. All right. Welcome to Sonic Boom, issue one. We have Ian Flynn as uh, the writer and Evan Stanley on art. Important to note, uh, because this is a comedy-centric comic, uh, there is a lot of uh, weird stuff with the narration and text boxes to try and emphasize that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, fourth wall breaking and a lot of jokes like that. Like, they're, every now and again, they're just, like, pointing out the fact that they're, like, speaking in logos or, like, verbally sounding out, like, sound effects. It's strange to describe, but when you're actually reading it, you go like, oh, okay, I understand what you're doing here. Now, we begin. So, yeah, it, the issue starts with Sonic running from Eggman's mech. He's, like, pinballing off of it. Tails catches him and keeps the fight going. Amy comes in as backup. Knuckles comes in to get everyone in position to take it down. And then they create like a structural weak point. The four smash it and Eggman's mech is done out clean. So when Tails sees that Eggman's getting away, then he's kind of doing like a bit of a backstroke to his lair with the machine. So, okay, cool. And then their, their friend sticks. She comes running out from the jungle. Uh, she says, Tails' house was robbed. Like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they panic, they run to his place, but they find out that his house is physically gone. Was not broken into, his house is no longer there. Styx figures that some cyborg robot golem took his house. She saw it happen, which Sonic thinks that's a little weird that Eggman would build something like that under Tails' house and just not attack them in our sleep. But Tails, obviously, is freaking out over his house going missing. So now they just, you know, look for the golem, basically. They follow some footsteps, and they eventually find the thing... His house is perfectly fine. Knuckles thinks it's, uh, oh uh, yeah, it's wearing Tails' house like a hat. Uh, funny. So they distract it, they defeat it, and it's all just kind of, like, done and dusted. You know, something about a quarry or something. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, the next day, though, Eggman's lair, the doorbell rings, so Eggman tells Orbot to shoo them away. Orbot sees that, uh, tells Eggman, you want to, you want to see who it is, and it's Knuckles. Saying that he kind of wants to have an arrangement with him. Because another thing about the story was that uh, they're kind of belittling Knuckles about how much of an idiot he is. And so the next issue is going to be like him like fake teaming up with Eggman. It's uh, um, Important to note, uh, there's an off panel uh, for this comic uh, that uh, is Sonic introducing everyone to uh, Sonic Boom. Uh, and uh, they said, we've got new events, new adventures, and new neckwear as it shows all four characters with scarves uh but the most important one is knuckles who is straight up copying cesar zeppelli <laughs> from jojo and it's honestly i i kind of fuck with it yeah i kind of do like uh this was like what 2013 ish yeah so the jojo anime like just started airing around this time it's actually Jonathan, or, or Joseph's. It's Joseph's scarf. Still, though, it, it, the, the sentiment remains, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a straight-up JoJo pose. So, you know what? Can't, I can respect it. Um, there's a, important to note about this comic, even though we just kind of zipped through it. Uh, there are a couple of good jokes here and there, but, uh, if you do read it, you will see that the, uh, 
so I like to call it, uh, Marvel humor uh, leaks through very hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the first issue. That was cute, I guess. Not not a lot to say other than uh, uh, that sure was a comic. <laughs> right. It's a, co- it's a comedy comic. Issue two, also done by Flynn and Stanley. So as I mentioned before, uh, Knuckles teamed up with Eggman, so to speak, to try to like... It's presented as if he's trying to get revenge on his friends, so he captures them with Eggman in the machine that Eggman was using before. There's, like, another scene in the future where they're, like, all together in, like, the brig. And also Sonic's, like, low-key freaking out being contained and confined. I guess it's supposed to suggest he's claustrophobic and also just, like, he likes going fast. I don't I don't know, man. What do you want from me? Essentially, Amy's just like, dude, you're, you are kind of a fucking knucklehead, like... What are you thinking here? He eventually does reveal that, like, he wanted to get on Eggman's side to sort of trick him into defeating him. But Knuckles didn't really think things through after getting everyone locked in a cage. But thankfully, it's Styx that actually, like, releases herself because she said she was using her own cage to get kidnapped in. So she unlocks herself, unlocks everyone else, and then uh, everyone just kind of clobbers Eggman and defeats him. Yeah, that's the one. That's that one. Although yeah, it ends it. with Amy, like, uh, losing her hammer and freaking out over that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have much to say. Sure as shit don't, don't we? So, Sonic Boom number three, Flynn wrote, uh, Ryan Jampole, he did the breakdowns, and Hernandez did the finishes. So, another quick one for this one, obviously. Amy is freaking out over not being able to find her hammer, so... Now the team splits up into either trying to find Amy a new hammer or trying to look for her old one. Eggman, meanwhile, is trying to get his mech out again for the third time as Orban and Cubot are bickering. But Cubot ends up finding Amy's hammer lodged in the robot and he's kind of fucking around with it. But Orbot's just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And they try to take it themselves, but uh, they accidentally launch it up through the ceiling through Eggman's cockpit. And so... It's disabled instantly to Eggman's dismay. Even though the team was no longer able to find it anywhere, miraculously, the hammer falls out of the sky right into Sonic's hand, and Amy is just so grateful to him that he found it. So the day's over. They all go home, but uh, Stick says she found something that she calls of unimaginable power, and it is as lame as you think it is. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, important to note, uh, on page 10... Orbot, I believe, makes reference to several characters. Scratch a grounder, Snively, uh, fuck yeah, Snively. Sleet and Dingo from Sonic Underground. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Deco and Bokeh from uh, Sonic X. Yeah, that's a fun call out, I suppose. Yeah, and the uh, and, and uh, Cubot also does the uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum, my precious uh, uh do you see why we're kind of skipping through here? There's not a lot to talk about. Just stick with us, folks. Sonic Boom issue four. Again, uh, Flynn and Jempol and Hernandez are the creative team. So the team are just having a nice lunch. Unfortunately, they were interrupted by Eggman and his mech once again. Sonic is just like, oh, oh yeah, I, I, thought, I forgot that's what we we're doing in this little story arc. Okay, sure. So Eggman uh, taking personal offense, he fires upon all of them. And Eggman put in countermeasures to his new mech. Mainly like springs and guns, essentially. So they're on the ropes, but Styx comes in to save the day with the thing she found earlier. Which is just a fucking rock. And she basically just blings it. Just puts... I think it's a pretty good, like, you know, shot to it. A good pitch. 
It ricochets a little bit through the Vex of the Men. It's a Star Wars moment and makes it explode from the inside. And she says that the power of the rock has been depleted. And when she goes home to mourn it, she just throws it with the rest of them. There's just a pile of fucking rocks in her home. That's normal for this girl. But on Eggman's side, he's back at his base. He's okay, but shows Orban Cubot that he has a plan B and get a load of this. Funny reference. Ah, yes, I see. It's uh, get a load of this. Get get a load of 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 Sorry, I can't. Take this. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about Sonic Heroes now. Anyways, uh, let's continue on to issue five. Do you see, folks? We're, we're really just. We're grasping here. Like, listen, I, I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting the like creative team by like pushing it aside like this. I just don't have much else to say. It just is. All right. Yeah, it's, again, we're not saying it's bad, but we don't, we, this really isn't our thing. It's, it's, this is definitely for kids, by kids, with a couple of nice references here or there. Yeah, yeah. Sonic Boom 5, so this one's a little interesting. So it was written, uh, well, Stephen Butler did the art, but the writer was Bill Freiberger, who was the main writer of the TV show, actually. So it's a funny situation. He and Ian basically did a job swap. Uh, Bill wrote uh, the couple issues of this comic, and Ian wrote a couple episodes of the TV show. Really? Which episodes did he write? Uh, I think it was just two. The one I remember specifically was in season one called Cowbot, I think. And it was actually, like, pretty funny, if I remember correctly. The other one I don't remember. It's Ian. I generally expect him to, uh, you know, write pretty well, as, you know, he, he's kind of had a track record for that, if you haven't noticed by our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, we open with Eggman. He's just in the village. He's just chilling, uh, literally trying to sell a bridge to people, explicitly so he can blow it up. Doesn't want to destroy his own property, so he says. However, uh, obviously nobody trusts him, so he, Orban Cuba, kind of kind of come up with ideas. How do we win over the people? He's trying to be, like, holistic and actually trying to do, like, like good deeds but obviously nobody wants to deal with him a lot of people even attacking him preemptively so eventually when sonic comes to just kind of laugh at him eggman just orders his his uh badniks to just take him out the final idea though they come up is like a carnival eggman sets up what he calls eggtoberfest uh he jumps through the legal hoops and all that in one case literally jumping over hoops sets up a whole carnival for the town and it is like kind of all right except eggman forgot to hire ride operators so he just runs over to sonic and the gang is just like look uh can we put this whole thing we got aside here can you like you know help the people out and you know entertain the rides and sonic's just like uh yeah i, I guess for the people sure whatever man so they go through the carnival they work the rides it actually goes pretty well although eggman set up some spy situations around to see what the people actually think about him and they their opinion has not changed that much about him even saying eggman you know he kind of does not have the best personal hygiene if you will so he's just like all right fuck it robots attack and so sonic and the team respond they take out the robots uh the festival is destroyed as a result but the villagers carry them off in celebration so once again our man eggman takes the l all right, uh, <laughs> yeah, issue six. 
Issue six. Flynn wrote, Jampol and Hernandez, creative team. So this whole situation is, uh, weirdly enough, this issue six and seven, I believe, are like the only connected issues of part one and part two. So basically the whole point is that Eggman is setting up a go-kart race and everyone obviously kind of thinks it's like a weird little scam, but Eggman kind of negs Sonic about it saying, oh, if you're afraid to lose, then like, come on, what's your problem? So Sonic's just like, okay, fine, we're on. The next day they all arrive, but Six is actually not down with this at all. She thinks this is some kind of weird plan. So she's just kind of like down and out. Although she, well, hold on. I need to make this point. Tails tries to convince her to join, but she's like, no, no fucking way. These go-karts could scan us and use the information to turn us into like a giant mecha dragon thing or something. Haha, ha, laugh. Laugh at the funny crazy person. Mental illness is a joke. Laugh, uh, laugh at, laugh, 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 laugh. laugh. Uh, okay, yeah, so she's not down. The race starts. There's like a couple of different things going on. Uh, Sonic, though, is in the lead. Eggman's behind him. Everyone ends up getting interfered with. Amy's, like, attacked by robot ducklings. Tails is attacked on the course by Orban Cubot, but he's able to fend them off, but does have to do a quick pit stop. He says it's all good, but uh, he didn't apply the brakes and the cart rolls off a cliff. He says that's not stupidity, it's just carelessness. So another guy who's like part of this thing, a comedy chimp, he's kind of uh, prevalent in the TV show. He says that if he wonders, he should like pull over just to check on Tails, but uh, then some like badniks project shoulder and devils onto him and it's just like, uh, bro, uh, crash your cart, Lamau. And he does so, okay. So all that's done. But Knuckles tries to intercept and, you know, he's trying to be a nice guy when it comes to everything. But this racer Knuckles is interacting with, he does not know, is a literal bomb and explodes on top of him. And all the while, the go-karts that Eggman supplied them with were actually stealing their biodata. So all that's left now is Sonic. He's at a wooden bridge. He expects his friend to be behind him and they're nowhere to be seen. And he does not even notice that the wooden plants were a trap. So they unfold and Sonic drops down in the ravine. Uh, he's gonna die, I guess. That's the end of issue six. Oh no, what will happen to our hero? Oh no. Uh, uh, yeah. Sonic Boom 7. Again, Flynn and Jampol and Hernandez. Alright, Sonic's falling and then swoops in its tails. He gets him back on the racetrack. Whoopity-doo. Amy and Knuckles use their energy whips to break his fall. So- Oh yeah, wait, by the way, uh- because everyone probably is curious where the fuck is coming from. So in, in Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, they get energy uh, whips and, and weapons as, as part of the game, uh, and they just become a constant throughout the series. Yeah, that's why they're here. They don't have a way back up to the racetrack, though, so Knuckles decides to just grab Sonic on his cart and just yeets him back up with full force. And Sonic lands back on top and just continues onward, catching up to Eggman, who he decides, okay, no more Mr. Nice Guy, a go-go spider cart, and has arms trying to grab Sonic. And uh, Styx was on the stands watching all that happen, so she counts herself off, okay, the go-karts were bioscanners, Eggman rigged the race, the co-kart didn't turn to a dragon per se, so I'll take two out of three. Sonic is dodging the arms as he's trying to get to the finish line, and the rest of the team holds Eggman back while Sonic claims victory. Now Eggman's mech is now properly trashed, and Eggman runs in defeat. And the team is like, alright, cool, we won fair and square despite Eggman cheating. That's sick and all. Hey, by the way, where'd Styx go? Why isn't she here? The reason why Styx was thrown off by Eggman during the fight, 
She hit her head on a palm tree, several coconuts, and she turns her head to find a uh, purple glowing portal, and someone steps out of it. Folks, you will never believe who this is, because Styx, like I said, is part of Worlds Unite, so this ties into it. Like I said, you'll never believe who these people are. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> pretty wacky. Yeah, it's a little funny, haha. So yeah, Sonic Boom issue 8 through 10 is going to be part of Worlds Unite, so we'll be covering that next episode. Let's wrap this shit up, okay? Okay. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope we can wrap this up. Uh, we, we've been going for 50 minutes tops. Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's go on. Last issue. So last issue, issue 11. So Dinah Skelly did the art and the writer is Sam Freiberger, who is Bill's son. He also wrote some episodes of Sonic Boom and was also on the animation team for the episode. And apparently he was also in one episode of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I don't know. I'm just counting off what I saw on Wikipedia, all right? Uh, all right. <laughs> Basically, this starts with Eggman showing off a gigantic Gundam-esque mecha he built. Even has, like, an anime background and everything. But Sonic trashes this easily, and Eggman has to go back to his lair to the drawing board. Leading Eggman to have the idea to uh, order a gorilla via the mail. Yeah, sure. Eventually, he does get it, and the gorilla is very aggressive to him and eventually kicked out of his own lair, which leads him to go to Sonic. Hey, can I? Can you help me out here? And um, to make it easier, he just kind of gives Sonic this very issue to explain it to him. This is... we. I, I know we're breaking the fourth wall here, but I feel like there's a line you don't cross, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're just... It, we're, it, it, we're crossing the fucking line at this point. Uh... Yeah, so Sonic's just like, okay, why a gorilla? Hey, look, not all of my genius plans are brilliant. Sonic goes to the lair, demands the gorilla to leave, and it turns out that this guy, like, talks back to him and is just like, yeah, look, I'm sorry, man. The name's Kyle. I was just an internet purchase, so this is supposed to be my new home, and I kind of freaked out when I beat up Eggman. I'm sorry. So the fact that this guy is, like, sentient, kind of like a Mobian, this kind of suggests to me that Eggman just bought a dude. Like, this is human trafficking, basically. Eggman got on the dark web, which I guess isn't a surprise, so whatever. So Sonic's just like, okay, I guess you can come stay at my place? Uh, I guess? Uh, but the dude is, like, kind of a moocher, so Tails suggests that he get a job, which we see it all kind of work out. Doesn't work out at a supermarket. He gets a job as a stockbroker, but his boss gets arrested for fraud, which is an America moment. A window washer job also doesn't work out. That's a King Kong joke. The last idea they come up with is that it turns out Kyle really likes comedy. So Sonic connects him with his friend Comedy Chip and does SNL-style skit acting. And he just kind of does a skit where he falls over and destroys really expensive jewelry. And that's that's a funny... Eggman is laughing his ass off and tells Orbot to go buy him a gorilla. And that's the end of that story. There is a story B also. Literally can summarize this. Uh, Sam Freiberger and Diana Skelly are the creative team there. This is literally a sentence where Eggman is spying on everybody. There's like one funny bit where Styx is like spying on Eggman. And there's just this like infinite Skype loop of the <laughs> of the, of the screens. That, that made me laugh. Yeah, that made me laugh too. There's also a great panel towards the end where uh, Eggman steps on uh, his earpiece after this and... Uh, in a very intense panel says, I'm the angriest man who's ever lived. And, uh, you know, the doorbell rings and then it cuts to the most kind hearted, happy looking motherfucking saying, Ooh, that must be the pizza. <laughs> Mike Pollock actually did a line reading of that. When this issue came out, I'm the angriest man who ever lived. Ooh, that must be the pizza. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I've I've heard it. It's it's very good. <laughs> but also, the doorbell turns out to be the other gorilla that he ordered, and it beats the shit out of him. That's all, folks. We're done here. That's a Sonic Boom comic book. Now, I will say though, there is something interesting to talk about here. So Archie normally releases their subscriptions like annual, basically. So you buy a subscription, you get 12 issues, they're promised. But as you can see, only 11 came out. So I kind of like did a little bit of digging and I came across this tweet from Alan Denton, who was one of the writers of the TV show and said he, along with another writer, Greg Hahn, actually wrote issues 12 and 13 of Sonic Boom. So they did not know that the comics were canceled before they submitted the script. And also Diana Skelly, she said that she found out that the comics was canceled when she submitted issue 11. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that I don't think this was canceled by Archie in particular. I guess Sega was just like, okay, we're done here. We're pulling the plug. No more of this. In fact, when I originally read this comic, I thought, you know what? This kind of seems like this was supposed to be a four-issue miniseries, and then they wanted to include Sticks and Worlds Unite, so they extended it and then cut it off at 11, which maybe that was the negotiation Ian turned out with. Either way, this does seem like Sega did, like, cap it. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of the sentiment. Sega probably was like, no more, we're done. And that's how they treat Sonic Boom now, no more. No more, no mas, no lao, no no. Which I will say, Sonic Boom, the first season... It ending was like, yeah, okay, sure, that we're done here. I was legitimately surprised when it got a second season because it did seem that Sega did not seem that interested in Sonic Boom. I can tell you, as somebody who was uh, actually around uh, younger kids uh, at the time, because I did do um, uh, a summer at a, a summer camp, you know, for kids and stuff like that. Kids like Sonic Boom. There, there was there was actually a decent amount of merchandising for it and uh there was time on cartoon network dedicated to it before it became a teen titans go network it was actually pretty marketable for them they they really liked it yeah uh, that's not surprising all i'm coming from it is just like in sega's perspective they didn't seem that interested in it and i will say for the record like i said the creative team on the tv show were really big sonic fans and they really did want to make a third season. It's just Sega was just like, no, we're done here. And hey, you know what? Fair enough. The one kind of loss, I know we didn't really like say that positive things about her, but a lot of people still like Sticks for what she is. And even still, with the Sonic Boom franchise as a whole kind of being canceled, it does feel like Sega is trying to just sweep it under the rug and just kind of pretend that this never happened. But despite that, Ian does want to like include Sticks as part of the franchise itself. He said before, and we'll talk about this more like in the future about Sonic comics as a whole. But Ian has said before he has tried to pitch sticks in IDW like at least two times. Once was before the Metal Virus arc, which let's be honest, I think sticks reacting to the metal virus would have been hysterical let's be honest no it actually would have been pretty good another time i don't know exactly when but the second time he mentioned it he said another pitch idea he gave was to introduce sticks as like a resident of angel island that knuckles never knew about and then they come across each other and they're both arguing over who's really the guardian of angel island that's pretty funny actually <laughs> Okay. All right. I kind of, I kind of do like that. That, that actually could be kind of fun. The thing is, is that obviously Sega is no on that idea. Like I said, we're going to talk more about it in the future, but there is a lot of wiggle room Ian has with the licensing team and all that. So 
when he gets a rejection, it's not a hard no. It's just sort of like, you know, not now, but maybe come back with it in the future kind of thing. So there's hope for sticks in IDW, I suppose, if that's what you want. I'm not against it myself. I would like to see it myself. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I I just I think that it could work and maybe maybe we'll see six come back one day but for now the sonic boom vault is uh probably just gonna stay locked and you know what hey if any of you guys are listening to this who are like genuine fans of sonic boom maybe you were like the target demographic when sonic boom the tv show was coming out you know tell us why you like it i'm genuinely interested as to like maybe you just have fond memories of it or maybe there's more to it tell me i'm curious i do want to know yeah i mean for me again you know my opinion on sonic boom isn't everyone's opinion on sonic boom this is just what i feel and what speed feels and that that's just sort of like what it is you know uh, and that should go for 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 the sake of most if not all of the material we talk about there are exceptions of course where we feel that we do have to call out something as particularly dreadful um but you know even in that there is things that can be taken from it so with that being said i think i think our i think our little excursion is uh is over huh yeah it sure is and as you can tell by the titling we called it an extra episode for a reason sorry it's a little bit shorter but like i don't know man what do you want from me next time we come back we will be making up for it though because next episode is properly worlds unite our big episode 50 50 episodes of this fucking podcast good lord how much sonic content how many hours i mean i can actually seriously answer that question it is is. two days 20 hours and 50 minutes done the last time i checked at least i've lost control of my life I lost control a long, long time ago. See you guys next time. World Unite. World Unite.